0: Breaking the Silence. Navigating Tricky Conversations in Your Marriage. Episode 127. Welcome to the Awaken You podcast, where we break down relationship barriers by awakening your true you. I'm Coach Christine, and the two of us will be doing this work together because this process isn't about changing your partner. It's about discovering who you are so you can awaken you in your marriage. Welcome back to another week over here at Awaken You in Your Marriage World, where we are constantly doing the work of opening up and discovering how to understand ourselves better so that we can show up in ways that have us creating the marriage that we once dreamed of, but actually even creating something way better than what we dreamed of having, before we married the one we're with. This week, I want to talk about those conversations that you want to have with your partner, but really, really wish you didn't have to have. And maybe you wish the topics would just resolve themselves without needing to confront the issue or the topic. Sort of like wishing your taxes would just take care of themselves, right? That would be amazing. Let's start with looking at why we think these conversations are difficult so that we can loosen up a bit and get a little more neutral perspective on the topic, and then I am going to share six steps to help you better prepare for these conversations so that you can deal with the topic without all of the nasty underlying feelings that might come along for the ride. And more realistically, I'm going to share that the feelings are probably going to have to come along for the ride. And so it's the process of embracing those feelings, understanding why they're there so that you can move forward and have these conversations anyway. Because when we have these conversations, this is how we deepen our relationship. This is how we go into the deeper waters of really connecting and understanding each other and tackling through the things that we need to tackle through. To begin, why are these conversations so difficult? Now, first, when I say these conversations, these conversations are topics that tend to be hot buttons for people while for some people they may not be a big deal and for other people they are it is really what we struggle with personally to be open and vulnerable with right it could be finances and how each of you spends or saves your money it could be sex intimacy And again, those two are different, right? Intimacy is actually created by having these conversations. We grow more intimate with the one we're with when we have these vulnerable conversations. It could be about vacations, one wanting to have vacations and the other not for whatever reason. Maybe they just aren't into traveling or they don't want to spend the money, It could be spending time together or time with friends or alone time, religion, spirituality, extended family, work or a career change or a desired career change, home maintenance responsibilities. What else? What else comes to mind when you think about something you wish you could talk to your partner about, but you're not? As I was thinking about this topic one thing that came to my mind was this visual of me maybe you all can relate as well maybe I'm alone in this I hope I, I I know I'm not alone but as a child when I think back maybe knowing or maybe not even knowing that I did something wrong but probably knowing I did something wrong and of course A particular memory comes to my mind of, (laughs) my brother is listening, oh gosh, and um, if my mom's listening, she knows all about this as well, but it's a memory of trying to do a pull-up on a towel bar. (laughs) Yes, that's what comes to mind. Oops. I did do my very best, though, to make it look all good. That obviously, my very best was not good enough. It didn't work. And really, that, um, I'm going to say, fear of God that had been placed inside of me, praying that the topic would never come up. Because, of course, I would be deemed the worst child ever. If I had had a secure relationship with my parents, who knows? I mean, I can't do, have a do-over, but I m- might have just been like, hey, you guys, you know what? <laughs> I did this thing, and guess what happened? And I'm really sorry, and how can we fix this? So now, this story might sound funny, and yet while I laugh at myself, I also know the truth that this fear is wired into my system, So it was this automated response that I learned early on in my life to protect myself, to not talk about the things that I might get yelled at. I might get told or words might be said that made me feel unworthy or, you know, I was lacking in intelligence or um, responsibility, and it was iterated often enough that I would do anything I could to avoid being reminded of this. So now, flash forward to adulthood, that same autonomic nervous system response is going to show up anytime. I think, and this doesn't even need to be conscious, right, that subconsciously, I think that my ideas, opinions, wants, desires might be deemed unimportant. And the work that I have done that I will help people with and that we need to recognize is the more that I recognize, I'm just using myself as this example here, the more I recognize that one, my opinions, my ideas, my wants, my desires, and dreams are valid, are worthy as I am, and two recognizing that my nervous system is going to respond in its old conditioned way. so the more I recognize those things, the easier it is for me to do the work of calming my system down like recognizing what is going on inside of me and putting my arms around myself and saying, hey, Chris, it is okay. You can take a deep breath. I can do all use all the tools that I have to calm that system down, letting it know that everything is okay. I am safe. I am 100% worthy no matter what happens in this conversations no matter what anybody else's opinions, ideas, wants and desires and dreams are knowing that they're not going to be exactly the same as me and that is 100% okay and the more i recognize this the better i'm able to create a neutral state of mind around the conversation Trusting that, yes, the other person, of course, you know, we're talking about the intimate relationship. So, my husband, and as I use this example, put yourself in this situation and see if you can apply it to yourself. But as I learn to trust that, yes, the other person, my husband, will have opinions based on their own history and their values. And What has happened to them? What their protective mechanisms are? And yes, it may sound to me like they are insulting me, but that may not even be the case if I assume the best in them. This isn't the case. And even if they are insulting me, I can recognize that this is not my problem and I can give it back to them. And ask them if they're speaking to me inappropriately, ask them to speak to me more respectfully. Right? So, back to why they're so difficult. Why these conversations are so difficult. Possibly, we are somehow afraid of being judged, not considered, deemed unworthy, or uninformed on the topic. And afraid that maybe we're going to be told our ideas are wrong. And that somebody else's ideas are more correct than ours. And we may very well be projecting old familiar interactions onto our partner. And how we're unconsciously expecting them to act. And I know for me. When I realize that my tension and fear are based on old stories that I'm continuing to expect to show up in my intimate relationship, it allows me to drop the rope of fear and that prepared defensiveness. Check out last week's episode where I talked about defensiveness and then open up to sharing what's on my mind, listening to what, Jeff has to say, paying attention to how I'm reacting in my body and how my emotions might start to creep in so that I can do the exercise of calming myself down, grounding myself, paying attention to my surroundings to get me out of an emotional state. And even possibly stopping the conversation and rescheduling it for a time when I'm calmer. And then also deciding for myself how I want to move forward if the conversation is about something that I think needs to be discussed further or, you know, ultimately I might decide that this was enough for the conversation. We didn't need to pursue it anymore. And if it's something that we are co-creating like finances or vacations together, then it will be part of continuing to work on whatever it is that we need to work on together so that we can come to a place of unity and also move forward. Because when we're not having these conversations, when we're not getting to a place of unity, we can't move forward. Right, and if we are moving forward, it's at a way slower pace than when we come together and figure it out. Now, also remember that most of these conversations are not one and done conversations like finances, they will be a continual conversation, and the sooner that you learn how to have the conversation, the sooner you grab onto those emotions, understanding where they're coming from, bring them along with to the conversation, the sooner you're going to get better at the conversation, right? And you're going to be diligent about doing the work of continuing the conversation and trust that the conversations will get easier, just like everything else you do, When you haven't been doing it, you have to get started. And then you have to promise to yourself that you're going to continue. You're going to keep moving forward until it's eventually just something you do. So let me share six tips to help you get your difficult conversations started. Do uh, some personal work on your own to start dig into why it is so hard for you to start this particular conversation or any conversation. What are your fears and where do these fears come from? How are they not even valid? And then note again, maybe your spouse does treat you like a child. Let's pretend that they do. Remember, this is his or her deal, which you can certainly point out. And that it has nothing to do with your worthiness. You can point out, you know, I'm hearing this, this way. Is it just me or is this the way you're meaning it? Can you adjust the way you're speaking? And then the second step is to take some time to think and write about what it is that you want to talk about, why you want to talk about these topics, and then prioritize the list. Do like a brain dump of all the things. And then pick one conversation to start with and leave it at that. No one wants to have a conversation about all the things. Pick an easier one, maybe. An easy one to tackle. One that can be resolved in less time. Things don't all need to be resolved at once. Start with one, working on one that might even allow you to see that some of the others aren't as important as you originally thought. And then the third step, after you've taken time to look inside and look at the topic, then it's time to ask your spouse for some time to talk about this topic. And yes, tell them that you want 15 to 20 minutes to start the conversation about XYZ. Share a bit about what you want to talk about so that they have some time to think about what ideas they might bring to the conversation. Planning helps prevent reaction. Coming to your spouse and demanding or even asking kindly for them to have this important conversation when their mind is possibly on napping or the game or their recent work project or how they're going to retire comfortably. Who knows? But turn the table around. How do you react? When you're maybe in this amazing mood and your spouse wants to talk to you about the credit card bill, if it's a reactionary topic for you, the first thing your body is going to do is going to fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. I'm going to share something with you. And and this is why this work is so important because as you recognize your triggers, you can calm yourself down. I'm going to share a story last week. I got a text message from Jeff and he said, I got this voicemail. It's for you, something like that. And then he forwarded this voicemail, which sounded very much like a collections agency. They gave a phone number and a file number. And so I freaked out a little bit like, well, oh my gosh, what's going on? I checked my voicemail and they left me a voicemail minutes before. Now, I'm not going to get into all the details about this because after we talked about this later, there were so many things that were wrong about this. But anyway, I went into freeze. Like I, my heart rate went up. I just wanted to actually, probably more a flight. I wanted to run away. (laughs) Anyway, I called and it turned out to be a complete scam. And, And I could do a whole podcast on this. But the beautiful thing that I saw in me is like this would have ruined at least a day, if not a week in me just bringing up old stuff. And I was able to calm myself down, see it for what it was, see it for old reactions about my lack of worthiness, my irresponsibility, all of those things. And I was able to get on with my day and my husband and I were able to have a kind of a fun conversation or a laughing conversation about the whole thing. And the funny thing is, is I told him that, You know, right away, I was like, well, that's interesting. I pointed out some things in the message that seemed awry. Um, But I realized, and I said this to him, if he hadn't sent me that message, and I heard the voicemail, I would have dismissed it as a scam. But because he sent it to me, it was that old fear instilled in me from a child you know, as a, when I was a child and my dad, you know, like, what did you do wrong now? <laughs> so anyway, the fourth step is put the conversation on the calendar. Probably not on your date night, but maybe that is the time that will work best for the two of you. If you choose a date night, make sure you have the short conversation, 15, 20 minutes. And then you go on to something that's much lighter and much more fun. Unless, of course, what you want to talk about is sex and how you'd like to start preparing for it while you're out together on that date at dinner or whatever your date is instead of when you get home and start falling asleep. Fun idea, huh? Then the fifth step, okay, I'm just going to share that I have eight steps, not six. Hmm, Okay, the fifth step is start the conversation letting your partner know that you love them, that you are for them, that you want to be on the same team instead of on opposite sides, that you value them enough to make, you value them and your marriage enough to make having this conversation a priority. And then the sixth step is keep yourself regulated during the conversation. And if you find yourself getting emotional and you can't seem to calm yourself down, ask to end the conversation. Maybe you need to ask to be excused if if it's possible. I mean, if you're out to dinner, maybe you just need to go to the restroom to collect yourself and then just ask if you can reschedule it. And if you can't reschedule it right then, like you're so dysregulated that you can't even think of when you want to reschedule it and come back to it. Just make sure that you come back after regulating yourself and find a time to come together again. Do check out episode 35, which is emotional regulation in your marriage. And it will tell you in that episode, I talk more about What emotional regulation is and how to go about regulating your emotions when you get dysregulated. Then the seventh step is when you end the conversation, thank them for their time. If you feel open enough and safe enough to give them a hug, give them a hug. Let them know that you love them that you're thankful for this time of conversation and that if you have to reschedule, note that this might come after several attempts if you need to take a break. And then the last step is ask when you can have the conversation again if it's one that you want to have on a regular basis like finances and then schedule it. This is the work required to co-create your life together. It is the work of continuing to do it instead of talking about it. And then it just disappearing, kind of like talking about working out and never actually stepping into the exercise room or the the gym, whatever, wherever it is you want to work out. So what do you think? Are you ready to take a look at a conversation you want to have with your partner? Maybe you have one in mind right now already as you've been listening to this episode. And now you have some steps that you can take to make it easier on you and on your spouse. This would also be a great opportunity to book yourself a Courageous Love Conversation. We can talk about this hot topic that you want to talk about with your partner but don't know how to get it started and I can help you find the courage to open up to your spouse in a loving and caring way. Get the conversation started and then begin bringing the two of you together with some unity. Now if this topic resonates with you and you found it helpful in discovering what might be blocking you from having the conversation you want to have with your partner then please share a comment in the reviews and help others find solutions to their difficult conversation problems and until next week I love you all happy hugging ciao thank you for listening to the awaken you podcast if you enjoyed listening then you have to go check out awaken you my one-on-one coaching program Where we take all of this material and we apply it to your life, we study it, and we take it to your next level so that you can awaken you in your marriage. For any questions, comments, or coaching issues you'd like to hear on the podcast, please visit me on my website and together let's awaken you.